Dalton here with the Halfway Healthy Show. We'll keep this intro real short and sweet. We have some awesome sponsors you can check out in the description of the episode. It really is the best way to support the show and keep food on my kids' plates. So let's get right into the episode. Morning, Dalt. Happy to be back. I'm happy I uh, beat last week's allegations, and you have me back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you did too. We were we were worried about you, but you needed reprimanded. So I'm glad you're back, though. You've made yes. you've made a lot of personal yeah. changes. Yeah, the allegations of you're starting a health brand, but you eat at Taco Bell twice a week. Right. Um, it's true. I do that, but I was able to beat the allegations. I was going to ask you if the allegations were true, and I'm, I'm glad you're glad you're stepping up to the table and you're and you're admitting these things. It's big of you. Yes. I'm, I'm, you know, take responsibility for my actions. You know, we're talking, we're talking gut health. And, uh, if one thing cleans me out, it's Taco Bell. That's <laughs> true. I wonder, yeah, that, that should be Taco Bell should really rebrand into, uh, into a gut health. Have you, have you seen, have you seen the TikTok guy who does, he makes, it's like some sort of a series he does where he makes any food into a health food. Like he'll, he'll take, uh, a, a king size Reese's cup package and then he'll rebrand it okay. and make it look like a health food. He'll turn it, he'll turn mm-hmm. it white. He'll make the the font into like a healthy, a healthy version of a font. He'll change it to say like nine grams of protein. Then he'll put no cholesterol, no no additives, no whatever. He'll like add these buzzwords and he'll turn something that's clearly unhealthy into a health food. And it's just fascinating because he'll he'll do it to to literally anything. It just makes you realize that these little buzzwords that we all kind of recognize as quote unquote healthy, you can literally do that to anything and make it seem like, or, you know, it's just good marketing. Yeah. We're all victims of marketing. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to oh, say. Yeah. It could just be total shit for us. But I mean, I noticed that I'll do that. If I go to the store, I'm like, Ooh, that packaging's cool and I'll get it. It like, doesn't matter if it's good or yeah. not. Cause I like yeah. the packaging or like Brilliant. you go, you know, you have a, you have a party coming up or you have some friends coming over and you go to the, you go to the liquor store and you're like, Ooh, that's a cool bottle. I'm going to buy that. And like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, the, the beauties of the booties of marketing and some people are better at it than others. The booties of marketing, mm-hmm. uh, doll hit me with a patient story. What's been going on the last two weeks? Yeah, it's been, we haven't talked in a while. We just said that the other day, we've been, uh, multiple days without a phone call conversation back and forth, which is unusual for us. Usually you get much usually needed, you get tired of listening to me for, you know, every day, but here we are, we're back at it. So my story today, I have a client or not client, but just have a patient that I'm working with who has myasthenia gravis. Have you seen many of those patients? Um, I can't say many. I have seen them, um, you know, and that's if being, I mean, full transparency. I, I hope I'm not alone in this, but I'm a total Googler when I go to see patients. So if I see somebody with some neurological disease that I don't see very often, I'll pull up to their house, give it a quick Google refresher. Be like, okay, yeah, I, I know what yeah, I'm doing. I, Just to confirm, to make sure that I'm not uh, that I'm not a fake therapist. No, I don't. Yeah, and then you're, I go not, in and you're not alone in that. And I think people, it, I, I think it's it's big of you to admit that because I think the majority of people do that, but they won't admit it because they want to seem like they're smarter than they are, or they want to seem like they're, uh, you know, superhuman and can just remember everything. But it's just not. Whenever you see maybe one myasthenia gravis patient a year. 
why would you store all of that oh, yeah, maybe. knowledge in your brain whenever you understand how to treat an autoimmune disorder in general, depending on like physically at least. And then you just need to refresh around like what specific ailments does this come with? Right. And I think one thing is the tangent, but I switched doctors, like just like PCPs probably three years ago. And that was something that I appreciated so much with my new doctor. She's a DO. She's really smart. She spends a lot of time with the patients, which is great. But then also I asked her about something that was going on and she was like, well, let's, let's, let's find out. And she just sat at her computer and just literally researched with me in front of her and was, and was saying, well, yeah, this is saying this, let's look at this up somewhere else too. And she was looking at it on the screen and in no way, shape or form in my head was I thinking, oh, she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Right. I was like, oh my God, she cares. She's looking it up right now. And she's like learning with me, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the expectation of having to store everything. Yeah. I have too many, uh, too many Pokemon cards and music lyrics and stuff like that stuck That's in my right. head to, to be able to remember all these autoimmune. How else are you going to know what Overwatch yes, strat my... you're going to, you're going to need on, on certain maps, right? If you have to. Dude, not, not an Overwatch guy, <laughs> not an Overwatch know, guy. Pleb. Okay. So, uh, myasthenia gravis for people that don't know, myasthenia gravis is a chronic autoimmune disorder where the antibodies destroy the communication between nerves and muscle, which results in weakness of skeletal muscle generally. And for, for most people who have myasthenia gravis, it affects the control of the eyes, mouth, throat, and limbs. So I've seen probably, I don't know, five, maybe six patients total who have had this. And again, it's pretty rare. Um, but the majority of them are, you know, very weak. They don't have a lot. They can't spend a lot of time getting out of bed, you know, walking around, stuff like this. So just want to give the audience sort of a breakdown of what myasthenia gravis is and like what to expect. But, um, Thank you so much You're for welcome, that. Man. The patient's story I have is that with this particular patient, we had so many crazy ups and downs of, you know, does really well one day and then awful the next day, can barely walk, running into walls, legs are crumbling underneath her, don't know what's going on. The next day she's doing just fine. And so I have really two things on the story. One is after probably four weeks, I asked a bunch of questions every time to trying to connect dots and figure out what's going on. How can we do this? What are we, can we change diet? Can we change the habits that you're doing during the day, moving around too much, not moving around enough, blah, blah, blah. So many questions. Eventually I find out that she's got these glasses that she wears that she's been wearing for years. She had a corrective surgery to where it made her be able to see up close better, but her glasses help her see farther away when she takes her glasses off, she can see things up close, but not far away. And I was like, okay, well, let's just try something. Let's, we, we had already walked that day and she was running into every wall. She was running into all the chairs on the right side. She was running into the fridge on the right side. Everything was on the right side running in, which is historically what she'd done. And so I'm like, Hey, let's just try something. Let's pull your glasses off. And she's like, that's kind of weird, but okay, let's take them off. So she took off her glasses immediately better like walking in a straight line interesting, and she's all over the house doing laps and doing, I mean, she still was weak, but she was doing amazing. And all that story is just to say, sometimes the thing you need to change is literally right in front of your eyes. And we don't have to go too crazy in depth and try to, you know, crunch all the numbers and do calculus to figure out 
sometimes you have to, but a lot of times it's literally just taking something, taking something away that could be interfering with some sort of, you know, input. Right. And that's where I, and she's, she's going to get her eyes checked and everything to see if she can get some different glasses, but it was just, that was fascinating to me is that I just pulled the glasses off and immediately she's walking better. Right. The, the mm. other thing that I took away from this whole experience as well is, and I'm sure you have a lot on this as well, but what I've noticed a ton with patients with autoimmune disorders is that so many things in their life can drastically shift, you know, whether they're having a good day or a bad day. And I had this person write a little journal, like a daily journal of, Hey, today was extremely stressful. I had a bunch of phone calls, you know, families dealing with this, had a bad day, didn't sleep well, had a bad day, slept pretty good, had a good day, felt stronger. You know, those sort of situations where like did this felt this way. Next day was great, whatever. And we found out that, you know, for this person, emotional stress plays a giant role in whether or not she has a good day and a bad day. And really the best way that I explain that to, to people is just that your body is pushing so much resources towards this autoimmune disorder that you have every single day that everything else, if it's out of whack, then those symptoms are just elevated, right? So like if you sleep like shit, elevated, right. if you're emotionally stressed, elevated, you're on a two hour mm -hmm. phone call where somebody's just complaining to you about X, Y, Z elevated, like all this stuff. So whatever you can control that makes it that much more important to try and make sure you get a good night's sleep. If people are stressing you out, pull yourself away from the environment. Like all of these little things that have nothing to do with, you know, directly physical stuff, but really makes a huge impact in people who have autoimmune disorders and autoimmune disorders are anything from like, you know, myasthenia gravis, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, type one diabetes, Crohn's disease, all of these things and, and more. Um, so just like something interesting that I've just been thinking about a lot recently. Yeah, that reminds me of I. I have not seen as many patients with myasthenia gravis as you have. Uh, I think I think I'm a carrier, I, and I just I just give it out. I guess they they just breed that stuff down in Arkansas. I, I reminds me of a patient that I have with multiple sclerosis, though. Of you know, I'll call her. She's younger, and she's very much you know not a good day. And then I just know yeah. Yeah. you know that today's not going to be it. Let's just reschedule, find a different day because there are the flares and there's the emotional stressors. And I don't know if we've spoken about this much at all, but speaking of stressors, family, like Oof. the patient's family or caregiver can be a, like one of the biggest oh, yeah. stressors on people an emotional stressor. So have you ever had an instance where you've had to like make family leave or anything like that? I've, and the patient does so much better yeah, when they're not present. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll make sure. Cause I, you know, we've talked about it before, I think, but I do struggle sometimes with that because I think it's different. Like, let's say, let's say I'm in a clinic and a patient and a family member come by. It's very easy because you're in my environment, right? I can say, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. let me just work one. I want the patient, please. You mind going in the waiting room, whatever that situation needs to look like. It's a lot different whenever you're in somebody's house, you know? And it's like, Hey, I know you own this house, but can you go to your, can you get go out to of your my room? house? Yeah. You just be like, get out of my house. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a little bit harder for me. So I've done it once where I've been like, Hey, listen, like I, we're going to do much better if it's just us one-on-one. -on -one. And most of the time they understand because they, I think underlying, they know this person does better with less stress and less friction things going on around them, but they still want to be there because they just want a little control. But other than that though, all there's definitely 
plenty of situations where I've made sure to schedule or see a patient on times that I know either somebody's going to be gone, somebody's going to be working, somebody's going to be, you know, whatever you want. Like it's outside of hours where caregivers are going to be there, whatever. Right. Cause I just know this right. person's going to be better like that. Yeah. And the, I guess the experience I have with that is in an inpatient facility. Um, I, like you said, it has happened in home health, not as much, but yeah, in inpatient facilities, I'll tell people, you know, like, Oh God, we have one guy that shows up at 8 a.m. and he doesn't leave until like 8 p.m. and he just sits in his wife's room mm. and like orders around the nursing staff <laughs> and it's terribly annoying. And so, I mean, I've gotten to the point to tell him like, hey, I don't want you to come until 10. Right. You know, give physical therapy a chance to treat her, give occupational therapy a chance to treat her. Then once she's done with all that, you can, you know, come in and sit around as long as you want if you have nothing better to do. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. There's something to be said about these stressors and people. I mean, for me, people are one of the biggest stressors, you know? I mean, you stress me out all the time. Mm -hmm. I just have to tell you to go away for right. a little bit. You know what? I just need to go on a little Dalton vacation. <laughs> don't be in contact with me. For no. sure. Thank you, Momentus, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Momentus specializes in sports nutrition products designed to optimize your active life. They are trusted by experts like Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Kelly Starrett, and over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. Momentus takes pride in having the highest quality ingredients that are backed by rock solid science. You're still questioning their track record? Let me set it straight for you. Over 72% of NFL teams consistently purchase products from Momentus. When you're ready to grab some of the highest quality products on the market, go to livemomentous.com and use code DALTON15 at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's livemomentous.com and use the code DALTON15 at checkout to get 15% off. Thanks again for Momentous for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode is also sponsored by NeuroGum. If you're tired of ripping through pot after pot of coffee, then you need to check out NeuroGum. They have a range of gum and mints, so you can choose the flavor of your liking from classic peppermint to honey lemon and cinnamon. They come packed with caffeine, B vitamins, and my favorite, L-theanine. The theanine is a natural way to decrease those negative side effects that we get from drinking too much coffee, like jitters and anxiety. I notice whenever I use NeuroGum while I work, I get a little boost of energy and focus that's even better than coffee, which is saying a lot because Papa is a coffee addict. The best part is they offer a full refund, no questions asked, if you aren't completely happy with your purchase. Right now, exclusively for halfway healthy listeners, you can get 15 to 20% off their bags of gum or mints. If you just head on over to tryneurogum.com slash Dalton, that's tryneurogum.com slash Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N, to claim your 15 to 20% off. Thank you, Neurogum, for sponsoring this episode. But uh, yeah, taking that, trying to limit, and that's the weird thing about our, our roles as physical therapists, because roles for the physical therapist can change depending on what you're doing. Our roles are really just like, trying to find ways to best do things in the home. Like not necessarily, we're not out here doing standardized tests and all this research-based stuff. It's like, you know, things like we've talked about before, like, Hey, switch the hand that you're using your cane mm -hmm. in or take off your glasses when you're walking in the house and doing this different problem solving. And sometimes that problem solving is, Hey, 
family needs to get the fuck out while we're doing our therapy because you're making this worse for everybody. Well, and I think even just steering that outside of the patient realm too, for people who are just trying to get a little healthier and are struggling or people who are trying to get to the gym more, they're trying to build muscle, they're trying to lose weight and they're struggling. A lot of the time people look at their, let's give an example, like people are trying to lose weight and they look at, oh, I'm not doing the right kind of cardio, or I'm not doing the right kind of weightlifting, or I'm doing three days of upper body, two days of lower body. Maybe I should be doing three days of lower body, two days of upper body. When in fact they are, you know, on the, on the other side of that, they're fighting with their wife every day. They hate their job. They're stressing about a promotion that they, that they didn't get, you know, like the little things that they don't think have anything to do with their, you know, losing weight when in fact it has everything to do with losing weight. And if you're stressed out, your cortisol levels are up, you're going to hold on, you're going to retain more fat. You're not going to lose weight as easy. You're going to tend to lean more towards unhealthy snacks. You're not going to want to, you know, get up more. You're going to be stressed out from all the other little things that happen in life. Someone doesn't open the door for you. There's piss on the seat, whatever it is. Like you're just going to get a little bit more upset about everything. And I think that's the, something that take away outside of patient care. Like I said, everybody can take a step back and say, you know, okay, let's take a look at something outside of just my nutrition or just my fitness. What other stressors are in my life that could be contributing to me not meeting my health goals? We really should in the home health setting, physical therapists, there should be like quotations around physical, you know, like physical therapists, because a lot of times going into these places, it does feel like you're their therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no other there's no other healthcare worker that they'll get the chance to sit in front of or like have FaceTime with for up to an hour, a couple days a week. Like that just doesn't happen. And so they unload a lot of this stuff. And sometimes you just need to take, you know, 50% of your, of your visit with this patient and just hear them out, hear where their stressors are, you know, tell them it's going to be okay. And, you know, do whatever you have to do. But yes, we are physical therapists a lot of the time. No. And I think that's, that's arguably for me, I mean, especially in this setting, arguably more important than the actual physical exercise side of things. Because if we can give them exercises that are going to work, but then we don't address any of the other out, you know, outside factors that are causing the issue or absolutely not contributing to, you know, the, the issue helping it at least, you know, that is something that we would be, it's, it, we're, we're just, we're, we're not doing ourselves any favors and we're actually, you know, not, not seeing any, any increase in function in the patient or decrease in pain or whatever, because they have all these other things going on, all this other baggage that we're not addressing at all. Yeah. I mean, it can be, it can be the most important thing. Certainly there's other patients who do great and they're just like, Hey, I just want to come in and exercise and I don't know anything about them personally, you know? So it happens on both sides, but if you ever work with uh, healthy birds, just know our first question is going to be, you fight with your wife at night. That's our first question. Let me talk to your wife. Let me talk, let me, let me talk to your wife. Everything's, Everything stems from your kids hate you and that's right. it. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, so uh, you said something in, uh, in your patient story and I wanted to talk about it because this is like a big pet peeve of mine. You had, you had mentioned with your uh, patient that had the audio immune disorder that you had already, you know, had already gone on a walk mm-hmm. working in your inpatient facilities. Do you ever like have those patients that will come up to you and be like, Hey, are you going to take me on a walk? 
or like have you have you taken this patient on a walk yet like they're a fucking dog <laughs> like see, that the, the, that shit the, annoys me the so patients much t- tell you that or like other staff or you know family or something uh, you know like i'll have somebody you know family stop me oh have you taken so and so on a walk already I'm like oh yeah hold on let me go grab my yeah. leash like yeah let me let me go do that I really know, quick I guess I, let them outside go to the bathroom i guess i don't get that very often Oh my god! In the place that I work right now, the inpatient facility, I get that all yeah. the time. And like, it's it's like a staff thing too. They they push that agenda of, oh, they're they're gonna take you on a walk later. You know, sit in your cage. They're gonna take you on a walk later. It's just oh, I fucking you can't hate go on a walk it. until I they come try to correct you out of your every... kennel. I know. I always try to tell people. You know that that is the type of facility it is. You know, it's like stay in your fucking wheelchair because if you get up, you're gonna fall down. Yeah which there's there's bad alarms and chair alarms everywhere true oh yeah absolutely and so i i don't know that just it irks me when i i feel like i'm a i don't know like a dog sitter and not a physical therapist it's like oh i gotta go take my eight people on a walk like i'm not doing any therapy i'm just taking people on walks today i don't know that just bothers me i didn't know if you shared the same disdain for it i guess i just don't i just don't get it as often you know I don't know, I guess, because I, I know what you're talking about, and I've heard it a couple times, but also, I feel like you don't get it as much in home health, and you, you do more stuff in the inpatient world than I do, so I guess I just don't, don't I don't yeah. get it as often. And I don't know, like, it doesn't seem like gate training is something that we really focus on in home health anyways, because usually because, I mean, the space is condensed, at least for me, and that, that's a great segue to what my my uh, patient story is going to be, but usually with, like, the condensed nature of the setting, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to go make you walk around your couch fucking 38 times, you know, to get like some active exercise, especially if the weather's not good outside, really focusing on other things and how to adjust the environment and, and whatever. But yes, uh, when on the weekends, when I'm at my other job, I'm just, I'm just taking people on walks. walks. Yeah. Charge per walk. Charge say, per, need, what's that? Distance. What's that uh, dog walking business where you can, uh, like Rover, Rover or something or something like that. Yeah. That's what you need to do for, yeah. You need to do for, for seniors, senior wag. Ooh, that's actually, yeah, that's a and good idea. Like, at, like, at one time hey. you're just like standing in the middle of the sidewalk and you have like six senior women on your right and six on your left. And you guys are just storming down the sidewalks and you yeah, with all of them under all my of them arms have those little too, monkey, those little like monkey backpacks gravy. on. Have you seen those with leashes? Yeah, you've got like yanking, yanking Eugene yeah, back. Eugene, get back here. He's like, I'm like, I, I you yeah. told me to go in front. You're like, I know, I'm just trying to be a little, a little demanding, dude. That's a that's a good idea. You know, you can just uh, you can market that to the grandkids and be like, hey, does your grandparent just sit on their ass all day and do yeah, nothing? A, Hire me, I'll take, I'll take. There's my a company walk. called uh, Walk with Pop, they're based out of California. I don't know where they're at, to be honest. I had a conversation with them probably a little over a year ago. Um, and ter- I mean where they're at in terms of like growth or if they're still even operating, but their idea was pretty awesome where it was kind of like a, like imagine it being kind of like a, an Uber for elderly people to walk. So it was like, if your parent is in their eighties and you want them to get out more, you can click a button to where anybody in the area is typically, you know, going to be like, you know, kids in their late teens, early twenties who need some side cash, who want to right. go and walk with somebody for 20 minutes and get paid for it. And they were looking at getting, you know, funded by Medicare, Medicaid, like all these, all these other uh, government uh, subsidies so that they could provide this for free for, for people, but pretty interesting idea. And interesting. I think, you know, I don't know how many people would just say, yeah, send over some random 19 year old kid to walk with me, but I think it probably would be, be useful in some, in some way. 
in some capacity. Yeah. yeah, there would have to be some type of like a, you know, a training module set up. You know, you have to go through the two weeks of courses. Right. And, you know, watch safety or how to reduce risks of falls or how to use assistive devices correctly or something like that. But I can see it. I mean, it, maybe no one else can because that's just the niche that we work in. But I could see it being yeah, useful. I think, I think it could be. I mean, and you'd have to make sure you're not getting like, you know, 19 year old serial senior pushers or something who just like want to just push, you know, seniors off on their like lockers. cow tippers. <laughs> you ever got cow tippers? tippers. Yeah. Just, just like this, these like group of kids who just, who just want to get, you know, old people out on walkers on the sidewalks so they can tip them over and walk away. Be a new, new... They certainly can't get up. If they're using a walker, they probably yeah, can't get up. That's the truth. It's true. That's hilarious. So cow tipping. Um, so I do have a patient story for you today and it's something that I sent you a picture of and I thought that you may want to talk about it because we didn't have a chance to talk about it yet. Um, before I do, uh, Healthy Birds season one, we're still working on gut health and uh, I just had a quick little story that I thought you might think was funny and I wanted to know if something like this has ever happened to you. But have you ever noticed, I mean, the older population just has like loose bowels. They just like got gas moving through them and they just like fart with reckless abandon and they can't hold it. And then they they can't hear anything. So they don't even know that they did. Like, have you ever worked with oh, patients dude. that? Yeah. I mean, every, every day. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing quite as, as rank as like an 89 year old woman fart whenever she stands, when she stands yes, up so. and it just as a, it's a long rip. A lot of them just don't even say excuse me anymore. They're like, they're just used to it. It just happens every time. Yes. Anytime they're exerting. So I was working with a patient the other day, a uh, 94 year old. He was discharging, actually doing extremely well. Um, and his wife was there working with us, you know, and she's like, oh, do you need anything to drink? You know, they always offer. And I'm like, no, I got my water bottle. The husband's like, yes, can I have a water? So she gets up and is walking between us. So him and I are in chairs facing each other. And she was off to the side. She had to get up and walk between us to go into the kitchen to get him water. And as soon as <laughs> she walked by me and like turned away, she crop dusted the absolute fuck out of me Ooh. right in my face. I'm sitting down. So like my face is ass level. And as soon as I, you know, she's passing me, she just let it rip right in my face. And, uh, and that's how I got pink eye most Dude, recently. Spo spoiler too is after, after you left, she just sat down and looked at looked at her husband. And was like, I crop dusted the shit out of that kid coming into my. Oh, they house. were probably like, yeah. like <laughs> they're just like, did you do it? I, I dared you to do right, it. Did you right, do right. it? They're like, they're, they had this like big plan out, and they were like, okay, so so I'm gonna ask if anybody wants any water. You're gonna say you do. He's gonna he's gonna say no. He's not gonna ask. He's not gonna say yes to the water. But you're gonna say yes. That way, I can walk in the middle of you guys, and I'll lay a I'm stinky a fart cloud right in his on mouth. Him. Yep. That's exactly what yeah, happened, dude. Seriously. And then after you left, they had a great time. They laughed. They had, I mean, you rekindled their marriage. <laughs> I mean, I had a great time. I, ooh, there was something sexual about that <laughs> part. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I think I enjoyed it just as much. You know, um, a good thing it wasn't you know the rankest thing that's ever happened to do me. You, and, do you still wear uh, your mask we in can house? Still wear masks. I was going to ask you. So um, the. I think the rule has been lifted, like you don't have mm. to, but as you know, I've been sick recently, and so I've just been wearing it because we work with a very vulnerable population. Um, I had got strep throat last week, strep, and uh, 
yeah, that was brutal. So I was wearing my mask, even though I'm pretty sure with strep, I was looking it up and you're not contagious after like 12 hours of taking your antibiotic, right. which is pretty yeah. cool. Well, um, it's funny you mentioned like, well, we're talking about the just wearing masks and then just the crop dusting. Like that is one thing I, we don't have to wear masks anymore here, but I still wear them for certain houses just for, you know, obvious reasons. Oh yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. it's funny you asked about the, the flatulence because probably, I don't know, it's, it's been probably a little over a month ago, but I had a patient, one of the, one of the worst situations that I've seen with, with, uh, with the old stinky gas is, I mean, it was, we would walk all over the house doing some gate training and it was every step he was crop dusting me. And I was, mm. I was working on my, my Wim Hof method breathing, trying to hold my breath as long <laughs> as possible to where I could like, you know, I'm, I'm working on like a 90 second, two minute breath hold across the house and hoping that he doesn't talk to me so that I don't have to breathe in his farts until we sit down. It was professional diver oh, status. Dude, I, yeah. I, I wish that's, I, I needed that. I need that sort of breath hold for, for that situation. But man, yeah, it's, and there's certain people who just, you know, it's, it doesn't happen in everybody as they get older, but man, there's, and there's just a level of don't give a fuck that a lot of people have at that age. Yeah. They just, you know, they, they don't even, some people will say, Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, hey, you're fine. Whatever. I don't, it doesn't bother me, but other people are just, they don't even, they don't care. Yeah. So uh, Healthy Birds, Gut Health Season 1. If you have any stories about your grandparents farting in your mouth, getting your pink guy, let, <laughs> let us, us know. know. Um, so going back to my patient story, so I don't think uh, – do you know the story I'm going to tell you? I was going to ask you earlier whenever you said that you were going to ask me a question first. I thought you were going to try and quiz me to see uh, if I if I could remember the picture you sent me. It's just like a, a friend check to see if I was paying attention, and I have no clue what you're talking about. Dude, I can I can say one word and you're gonna remember okay. because I sent you my location and was like, oh, hey, if God. I can miss it. Okay. Yes. Sh- shed. Yes. Yes, you yes. remember. So we've talked we've talked at length at uh, you know in previous podcasts about uh, you know nightmare houses we've been to, bad living arrangements, things and how like you live that. in a war zone, and, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, there is actually very high crime out here for such little people, but. Um, Yes, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like that law of attraction thing. You talk about something and then it happens. You know, I thought it was bad. And then I talked about it on the podcast. And then the next week mm-hmm. I had the worst place I've ever gone to. And uh, I, <laughs> so I pulled up to the house and I knocked on the door and they're like, oh no, that's, that's not us. He lives in our backyard. And I'm like, okay. Well, I don't know, really know what that means. Like look out for a tent or something like that. You know, they're like, go back to the shed. It's a, it's a one car shed and uh, it's not even the full shed is his living area. It's cut in half um, hamburger style. And he only has the back half of the shed and they use the front half that has the garage door with, which like, this is like a total makeshift. Like somebody built this with some brick, um, you know, it has no, no mechanisms to it. You know, it's like the type of door I'm pretty sure they just have to like rip off the door to get inside of it. And they just like put the, the sheeting, like the metal sheet back up on it to, to close it. Um, so in the back it was uh, five foot by five foot and uh, the roof was maybe six feet tall. So, I mean, I was hunkered down. I couldn't stand up straight in this place. I couldn't, I could reach my hands out and have my hands on both ends of the wall, 
when I was standing in inside of the house, it was like a, a little foam mat that he used to sleep in, but now he just like stored all of his stuff onto and a recliner chair, you know, and like up on the TV, he had like his TV hanging by rope from the ceiling. So it was like a, like a makeshift mount TV. It was insane, man. I, I couldn't believe it. And it just made me feel, it, it made me feel oh, sad yeah. being in it. You know, that patients are in that situation, you know, and it's speaking about being a physical therapist during that, you know, this guy, he just wanted to talk about how he was down on his luck. He's never felt this low, you know, and uh, he's trying to get back on his feet, but he just had to have this surgery and it feels like it's set him back. And he's had to live in that shed for a year now. Um, he had been living in the back there. So, and he just, anytime he's inside, all he can do is sit in the recliner and that's all he has room for. And to go to the bathroom, he has to go down these crazy, insane steps I would say it's probably like a six foot drop from where the shed is to where like he has to step down to get to the level of the, of the backyard. And there's only three steps. So, I mean, these are like intense steps he has to go down and he just had surgery on his hip. And so we're like trying to figure out ways, like how can you get out of this, you know, your living arrangement so that you can go into the house and go to the bathroom and he's having a hard time walking. It's all dirt in the backyard. He can't really navigate oh, so, it. it was so just, to go to the, so setup. to go to the bathroom, he has to go out of his, the shed and go down the steps across the yard to the house. And into the oh, house. Yeah. To get any run, any running water, you know, to fill up a water cup to drink, to use the bathroom, to use the shower, Wow, anything. That's to access his food, he doesn't have any, like, you know, he doesn't have electricity set up to like a fridge or anything like right. that. So all of his food is inside. The only thing he has is he has like one string light and the TV. That's Those are the only things that have power back there. That's crazy. Um, but yes, talk about living arrangements and like talk about having a bad prognosis for getting better when you have an environment like that. You know, two weeks ago, we released an episode where we talked about like environment and productivity and you know that is a prime example of how your environment is not going to help you or suit you at all and just having being in that environment is already going to take your potential from here all the way you know down to here because you can't do anything in there you can't do your rehab You're, he's going to fall down those steps and there's no other opportunity to get out because like i said the the shed is literally blocked off they built like I don't, I don't know what they used, but some type of wood to cut it in half. So he can't go out the other way. He has to go down these steep ass stairs to get out of the house. It's just, it's such a bad setup. Yeah, that's So talk about a bad living arrangement. I had one of the worst I've ever seen. I can't, I don't even know if I can say the worst, but that was one of the worst I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. I don't see anything like anything like that, but it is crazy. Like you said, just so sad to imagine that that's, that's happening, you know? And then, and then you drive home to your apartment and, you know, with clean, clean dishes and clean, clean bed. And you're like, oh, going to sleep that night. It's just, it's wild to think about like all those people out there that are in this country, just absolutely struggling. Thank you, Purple Carrot, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Are you tired of the same old boring meals every week? Do you want to eat healthier, but don't know where to start? And it's time to try Purple Carrot. 
Purple Carrot is the plant-based meal kit company that makes it easy and delicious to eat more vegetables. With Purple Carrot, you'll receive weekly deliveries of pre-portioned ingredients and recipes that are designed to be easy to follow and delicious to eat. Each recipe is created by professional chefs and features fresh, seasonal ingredients that are packed with flavor and nutrition. And because all of their meals are plant-based, you can feel good about what you're eating and the impact it has on the environment. So why wait? Sign up for Purple Carrot today and start enjoying delicious, healthy meals that will make you feel great from the inside out. As a special offer for our listeners, by clicking the link in the description, you can get 30% off of your first three boxes. Again, just click the link in the description and you'll get 30% off your first three boxes with Purple Carrot. Eat responsibly. This episode is also sponsored by 8sleep. This has been the biggest change in my life for my sleep quality. I've been sleeping on their pod cover and absolutely loving it. The human race is sleeping less now than any other time in the last century, and 8sleep technology is here to change that. Their pod and pod cover products adjust temperature automatically based on your personal preferences to provide you with the best sleep. My wife prefers hot and I prefer cold, and that's not a problem because our cover is set to keep my side bone chilling cold and hers nice and cozy warm. So if you want the best night's sleep of your life, go to 8sleep.com, that's spelled out E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com, and you can use my code Dalton at checkout to get $50 off your order. Again, just use my code Dalton at checkout to get $50 off your 8sleep pod or pod cover and enjoy the best night's sleep of your life. I mean, and it's it gets freezing out yeah. here. I mean, I live at just over 6,000 feet where we're at. And the winters are brutal. And so, you know, I'm having conversations with him like, hey, is this thing insulated? Like, are you warm enough? Can you, you know? And he's like, yeah, no, there's none. But I just get some sleeping bags and a lot of blankets during the winter. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you you just feel bad. And it is, you know, you talk about being grateful. It is hard after that to come home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have your big apartment with all of your stuff that you don't fucking need and you know, all your extras. But dude, that's like, that, that's like one of the, I I seriously think that having this job and having the experiences that you and I are getting with people like that, it makes, I, I honestly can, can say, I feel like it's, it's made us so much more compassionate and wise despite our age because of how many situations that we've been in and, seeing how different people manage how many how many different people can be very happy with very little how many people are just fucking down on their luck and are in horrible situations and then it makes you extremely grateful when we talked about this before just like how how it puts into perspective everything in your life where you're like holy shit at least i've got two legs at least i'm not rolling around in a wheelchair at least i'm not in a shed in the middle of of colorado freezing my ass off with a hip surgery you know what i mean like it just makes you realize that things could be so much worse and you're doing pretty fucking good yeah. even if you you know even if your car gets gets totaled even if and, and you're fine or even if you're you know your washing machine quits and you can't wash your clothes or you have to you know go to a neighbor's house and wash your clothes like that's fine. You're going to be all right. You know, that, that's, that is very yeah. little, you know, and it, I mean, even bigger things, yeah. you know, like a, you lose your job, you have the capability of going out and getting another one. Yeah. You know? Like it's, a lot of people don't have that opportunity, you know, to even go out and work to get money or anything, which is the case for this guy. Right. Yeah. You feel bad yeah. and you wish there's always, you always leave thinking that there was more you could have done, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a, that's sad. It's sad. But, you know, 
you got it. That's the that's situation. situation. Yeah, and you got you got to do what you can in that situation, especially as the as the clinician. There's only so much that you're allowed to do, and how much you can do. And if as long as you do your part, and hope everybody else can can do theirs and get them out of that situation. It's crazy. Yeah, true. Well, uh, yeah. Now that we're all properly uh, depressed. depressed and ready, let's, dude. We've uh, going back to gut health, Healthy Birds season one. You got some gut health facts for us I today? I do. I do. I want to talk about this company called Ombre. So in doing all of this gut research, uh, really, you know, when you, when you boil down to the microbiome in your body, it's very hard to know what is going on. Do you have good bacteria, bad bacteria? Do you have too much bad bacteria? Do you have not enough good bacteria? And there's really no way of knowing unless you just do a ton of trial and error. There's supplements you can take to kill off the bad bacteria. There's supplements you can take to replenish or add to the good bacteria. But at the end of the day, you don't really know unless you get tested. So when doing some research, I found this company called Ombre. It's at ombrelab.com, which is O-M-B-R-E lab.com. And it's really interesting because basically what they do is they send out a microbiome test. It's a little kit you get in the mail and you scoop just the tiniest little bit of caca into a vial and you ship it off to them. And then in two to three weeks, they give you a giant score, like a a giant list of things that they find. So like they list all the good bacteria and in how much they list all the bad bacteria and in how much, and if it's in a safe range, if it's in an optimal or if it's in like a, uh, you know, excessive or positive. I forget the the wording that they use. Um, but I did take a picture of my, of my results that I got because I think it's interesting and I could talk about some more specifics too, but like, for example, you poop scoop, poop scoop. Of course you have to, you're disgusting. You're a fool. You got You got to figure this stuff out and you can't be afraid of a little poop scoop and then you send it off and you're done. You just push that memory off the back of your head. But so this is, these are my results. I know that'll always stay with you. You can't see them, but so I got an 84, which was, you know, pretty good. I was happy with it. But the, the best thing is, is that what they do, they give you the score. So this is just saying like, how optimal is your gut microbiome? And then you go in there and I, you know, a score is a score. I mean, what's the difference between an 84 and a 94 and a 74 for me? I don't know. I just get to give you a score, but you can go in and you can actually see which ones, like I said, you have the good bacteria, the bad bacteria. Do you have enough good bacteria? Do you have too much of bad bacteria? But you can actually see the individual bacteria as well. So like for myself, I'm a nerd and I like to look this stuff up so I can actually look at what are the bad bacterias. I can search them and then I can study and find out what can I take? What can I do to get rid of the bad bacteria, right? But if you don't want to do that, which, hey, we're halfway healthy. Some people don't want to do that. They just want to say, tell me what I can do. Hand me the thing I can do to fix this. Taco Bell? Yes, Taco Bell was what they recommended to me. They said, honestly, it looks like you're not eating enough Crunchwrap Supremes, and I think that's probably what you need in your in your gut. Mm. No, they... God, if a doctor told me that, <laughs> you would You would just like, you, you just go to the front desk. You're like, how can I schedule this man for the rest of my life or woman? Like, how can I schedule out for the rest of my life? Um, but... Are you saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically what they do also is they say, hey, they have a, a list of, oh, I don't know, let's see, three, six, they have seven different probiotics that they produce at ombre and so once you get your results they also say hey based off of your results you had this this and this too much of this not enough of this we recommend this probiotic 
And so like for me, they, they, it recommended the ultimate immunity one to help with the bad bacteria that I had. And so I haven't gotten those yet. I've taken the healthy gut, which is like their general probiotic. And I think I've, I've seen good results with that, but in general, it's just nice, especially for, again, people who just want, Hey, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what I could do for it. I think it's a pretty, pretty awesome service for that. What do you have to do wrong in a past life to be the person that just has to like sift through male <laughs> old human shit the karma yeah and like open it up and get like samples of it like what yeah what did they do it's yeah, a good you know because i want to make sure i don't do that in this yeah, life yeah that, that would be a tough uh a tough conversation with friends over some wine of like what do you do well I, <laughs> people from all over the country send me their shit in vials i shake it up I, I get a sniff of each just to make sure that there's not any just that just to build my own immunity, and then I, I run it through the mm. the sifter yeah, or whatever you call what, what's the centrifuge, and you know I I don't know what they I don't know what Ooh. they do but you know either way it's I'm sure that it's very yeah. I mean it's in like a a liquid so I'm sure it's just all they gotta do is just get a tiny little drop of the liquid and they test all of the bacteria you know through uh, yeah I guess maybe but all I hope is that. The people, you know, the karma for like laughing at people falling, I hope it's not them because I'd, I'd just be laughing at people who yeah, fall. It's true. It's true. But yeah, I think it, you know, that the, would be I think it's an interesting, and there, there's other companies too. You don't have to use Ombre, but that's the one I used. And I, I feel like it, it, I liked getting those results because it was, it was cool to see the good and the bad and then what I can take, you know, to fix it. So. Yeah. So a couple follow-ups on that. Number one, what did you pay for your gut testing so kit? I, just just for it to be tested and sent back and read. Back I believe to it's you. ninety dollars for the test. So okay. I feel like that's pretty it's pretty okay. fair. And honestly, it's one of those situations where you you can do it periodically. Like if you wanted to take if you wanted to buy one. Oh, and the other nice thing too is that you can buy all this stuff from their website or it will direct you to Amazon Prime where they have their own store, which sends you you can get it in two days versus, you know, a week or more mm. from the company. But um, it's like $90 and then you get the results. And then if you wanted to, of course, you could take the supplement they recommend or do your own research, get your own supplements. And then you could test it again in like three to six months and see your changes, which I think is, is pretty interesting because yeah. they literally listed, I think I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was some, it was like 85 plus bacteria listed, you know, in my chart that I could see the ranges, you know, whether they were, they were subpar or excessive or in the prime state. Did they find that dog oh, in you? They found, you got they that, found dog that healer you? boy, little that little heel, that little Ooh. heel nipper. Uh, so second follow up question: Did you purchase any like probiotics or anything like that based on your results? So no. So based on the results, I got the immunity one. But I will say that um, this was after I already sent in my results, so there has nothing. There's like none of the results have anything to do with the, the probiotic I was taking. I did just because I was looking at getting a different probiotic, I did go ahead and purchase their, um, their regular, whatever it's called healthy gut. It's like the, their generic, uh, probiotic is supposed to help with occasional gas, constipation, diarrhea, also just like boost your immune system. And just, again, just a kind of a general probiotic. So I didn't, I didn't pick one of the more specific ones and it looks like for my results, they recommend the immunity one, but I've been taking the regular one and I feel like it's, it's been, been helping me. Um, but so I, I think I will probably, once this one runs out, I'll probably go ahead and try the immunity one and then maybe I'll test again in a few months and, and, uh, follow up. 
Yeah. Last, last follow up question. So I've, I've noticed that you've had been really interested, you know, getting your chronological versus biological age, testing your, testing your poo poo, you know, enough to where you care enough to reach in, get a little sample, put it in a tube, send it back. I mean, back. I'm not reaching in, uh, I'm what, getting what's it out your, first and well, then I'm scooping. So what I hear you saying is you're reaching in you're getting your sample and then you're going to the right. bathroom. Right. And, and that's what back. they recommend. They recommend getting right. it straight from Very the source cool. before it hits O2. All right. We do have to cut this thing a little short though, Corey. I got to go see some patients. So let's wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Corey, thank you for being here as always. And we will see you all in the next podcast. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, if you enjoyed this episode, we would be so grateful if you could just hop on to Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a five-star review. It really helps us out a lot. Also, check out our sponsors and the links provided in the description of the episode for some great discounts on products. If you want some short health tips and news sent to your inbox every week, do me a favor, jump on to healthybirds.org and sign up for our newsletter. If you have any questions, comments, or even complaints about my personality flaws, you can email me directly at dalton at healthybirds.org. We would love to connect with all of you. Until next time, be happy, be healthy.